Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and work. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry colleague, Lila Van Gerpen, I am Rob Dixon. Well, Lila, this episode will drop at the end of January, and it had me wondering, did you commit to any New Year's resolutions for 2022 or any goals? You know, I'm not normally the type to kind of do New Year's resolutions. I think I'm, I'm kind of like pessimistic on my ability to keep them very long, but this past year has just been so strained that we were really motivated by this January one opportunity to reset some of our practices and to be in a little more in alignment with our values. And so a couple of just practical, um, we are trying the envelope system, not in totality, oh. but we are doing it with eating out and just to help curb spending, but really also to like avoid wasting food we have at home Mm -hmm. because of the convenience of, um, although eating out kind of saved us a few times (laughs) last year. So, uh, and then just walking more, walking our kids to school and pick up and all that stuff. So we're going strong. Love that. That's great. That's great. What about you, Um, Rob? Yeah, I, I've had, um, a long, many, many years of not following through, like you're saying with resolutions, but in the last couple of years, I've had some success. So in 2020, I ran every day. Um, and then in 2021, I charted my sleep every day. I was trying to learn how to, how I could sleep better, strange as that might sound. And then in 2022, a friend and I decided we would try to write something every day. So we've committed to 30 minutes of writing each day to try to get something out on paper to create something and uh, what, we're 23 days in as we record this, and so far, so good. We'll see about how we do the rest of the year, but it's been a joy so far to to, to write and express. So that's been great. That's fantastic. Yeah, so far, so good. Um, do you think, should we create a resolution for this podcast? Ooh, I love that. I mean, we're, the, are you, this is new for me. This whole realm of podcasting is new for me. And it, I, I think if I had a, a personal goal for us, it's just to keep stepping into our voice and keep using this platform to highlight healthy partnerships. Um, even if it means if getting all the awkwardness out, and, you know, or just, yeah. To, yeah, just um, pressing into that awkwardness, but just owning this opportunity to speak. Yeah. The learning curve of a podcast host, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. What about yep. you? Yeah. I like that too. I, I'm, I thought maybe let's try to dethrone like the daily from the New York times and download <laughs> would be a good goal for the year. Good no, goals. I, I, I think for me, it's it's about um, making sort of this idea that men and women can work together in the ministry workplace normal. So yeah. I just am more and more interested in telling stories of people who are like doing the work, like I think our guests will for this podcast, um, who are doing the work and try to make that more and more just a common reality around yeah. in churches and organizations around the country. So that's what I'm looking for. Love it. All right. Well, let's get into this week's episode. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is a heck yes. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners exploring stories about what flourishing mixed gender ministry partnerships look like out in the field. And this week, our guests are Neely McQueen and Pat Swanson, co-lead pastors and elders of Overlake Christian Church 
in Redmond, Washington, near Seattle. Neely and Pat, welcome. It's so great to have you. Welcome. Yay, it's yeah. so good to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Um, before we get into your story, we thought it'd be fun. We've asked this of other guests that we've had. Um, we w- thought it'd be fun to get to know you a bit with a um, a little icebreaker question. So what is a mixed gender partnership that you each appreciate from literature, movies, shows, and what do you appreciate about it? Um, I have to, I want to start and I, I love that it started with literature, movies, etc. And then I went to TV sitcoms, you know, classic. <laughs> um, I love Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Yes. I love the beauty of their friendship that um, they're so uniquely different. They see the world so differently. They approach tasks so differently and that they have this great friendship that allows them to have partnership for a long time. And I just think it's, it's a really fun one. Um, and I like how Ron like, secretly supports Leslie's drive and is, seems to be yeah. like her biggest cheerleader. It's just such a, a fun little friendship. And then uh, I, I'm sure we're all marveled out at this point, but where my mind went was uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. So Nat Barton and just how you can tell they're part of each other's personal stories. Um, but then I'm, there's that scene where Nat's at Barton's house and she's called Aunt Nat. And so just just the cool thing where, yeah, they can, you know professionally get some things done, but there's also just kind of the warmth of relationship and it's familial. And, and I just think that's pretty, pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. Two good. Those are, we'll put those on the list. Those are good ones right there. Um, why don't you start and just share a little bit about how you came to be working together as, as co-pastors there of the church. So maybe how'd you get to know each other in the first place? And then where'd you get this idea, this crazy idea of partnering together in ministry? Yeah, I think it helps to have a little bit of Overlake history, art, the church that we're in context. So Overlake's a 53 years old church where we've been around for a while. And it wasn't actually until the last five years that our bylaws changed, which allowed women to be elders, which also meant it allowed women to be in this role as lead pastor. So that's a recent change. And I was the first woman to speak in the worship service at Overlake in 2013. So we're talking... fresh history. You know, it's not like this is a long time, a long legacy. So I think that's helpful for understanding even how we did come up with this crazy idea and partnership together. Um, A little context about us uh, and who we are. We've We've been in friendship and relationship since 2012. We went on a trip together. We were both on staff and um, in different areas. And we went to Kenya together on a mission trip. And Pat was friends with my husband. I was friends with his wife. So we had this friendship already happening, but we got to do ministry together. We jumped into a small group together. um, And we've been in that small group for our families with several other for about eight years now. I think so. We do like birthday parties together. We do celebrations, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We, my son, my oldest son just turned 18 and we gathered with our small group in a friend's backyard and baptized him. But before that, the men gathered around him and spoken to his life. And so uh, Pat was there and it's just, we have done family together for a long time. And even so the Swansons, we have two little kids. We got a five-year-old and one-year-old. And um, so just 13 months ago, when my wife's giving birth during the whole craziness of COVID, Neely was at the birth. So, I mean, even there's just a degree of of 
yeah, just believe in like our families are stronger together and better. And it's just so cool. And, and Josh Neely's husband is just such a bro, such a friend and just grateful for, for him. And so, yeah, I think a lot of it genuinely just comes from friendship and, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, getting to work together, getting to see one another's strengths and different kind of capacities yeah. over the course of ministry and, we even got to lead different departments. So I think even just exposure to different parts of ministry has been kind of cool to see. Almost looking back, just how well this kind of ends up all fitting together. Mm-hmm. I And I have been in ministry for 25 years now. So a long time. I worked with students for a long time. I grew up, I had the privilege, and I really do count it as a privilege, to grow up in a denomination that affirmed women in leadership, mm-hmm. women in pastoral leadership. So mm-hmm. that was never a case where I was like kind of wrestling with that issue. That was the tradition I grew up in. And so I had that in mind, but I had never seen it. So it's one thing to hear it, but never yeah. see it. So I yeah. slipped into a role that um, I had seen, which was student ministry. So I worked with teenagers, had worked in, with teenagers in, in California, and then here in at Overlake for, like I said, 25 years. Oh, it was probably five years ago, Pat and I were in a cohort for with Fuller um, Seminary, that is called Micah Groups, and it's about teaching and preaching with around diversity. And in that group, there was a woman who said, you know, I'm a lead pastor at a church. And I was like, a lead pastor? Who told you you could do that? <laughs> you know, like, I, I was thrilled. I was, But it, like, began to, like, awaken within me of, like, maybe that's, maybe I have, because I have been affirmed, like, by so many people of God's call on my life and my gifts and leadership but I just, again, hadn't seen that happen anywhere. So I kind of thought this is where I belong. And students, I love students. I believe students are um, the great hope for the church. And so it felt fine to be there. It didn't feel like I was being pushed down, but it began to open my eyes to something else. And knowing where Overlake is and Overlake's history and this newness to women in leadership, I didn't know what they if they were fully ready for me. And so that's where kind of some of the partnership yeah. came up. Yeah, so Neely mentioned Fuller, and that's actually a huge part of it, too, is we're, we're both working on our master's in theology degrees from, from Fuller, and we ended up taking a course together. Um, Dr. Mimi Haddad was teaching a course on uh, women in church history, and so we got an, a chance to go through that course together. A portion of it was down in Houston, just an intensive with lectures, and and I think in looking back, that was a pretty instrumental week and even mm-hmm. quarter but then kind of moving forward, what we didn't realize was later that year, our lead pastor here at Overlake would end up resigning. And so we have this course, we're starting to hear more about just church history and what it looks like for men and women to serve together, lead together. And the interim phase between when that lead pastor resigned and when we ended up ultimately being hired was about a year. And it was over the course of that year, the first half, where we were in another another class that was helpful at Fuller about gender and power dynamics and Christian leadership. And I think there was an aspect when when our previous lead pastor resigned of an expectation that, oh, it'll be Pat, mm-hmm. which is classic, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the white dude in the 30s, young family. Uh, and so there was like this kind of, I think, growing expectation, maybe even anticipation where it just didn't feel right. Like I genuinely did not want to. And and part of that was there was just a couple of sad stories at that time of guys my age in that position that just 
with mental health challenges mm -hmm. ended up taking their own lives. So, I mean, it really rocked my wife and I. And as Neely and I began to kind of dream and scheme a little bit of, well, what if we, what if we did this? And again, there's not many examples for us to have been able to work off of, but we just kind of sat down and started to dream mm -hmm. and write it out. And even like, oh, how could we split up this role? Oh man, we could do so much more than any one of us could if that was the model, you know, that we're to be put yeah. forward. So, so we applied together and even now we remind people like, hey, this wasn't, yes, we were on staff together. It wasn't like the elders told us, hey, you guys are going to have to figure this out. We're making you co-leads. It was us telling the elders, hey, this sounds unorthodox and a little wild, but trust us. We mm -hmm. think this is a game changer. So please consider it. And if you say no, it's not as if Neely's got her resume and I've got mine and we're just then going to duke it out to see which one gets right. it. It really was like, hey, it's it's either this or it's you know, figuring out what's next. So, yeah. Pat is so gracious and he's a little bit being a little bit humble. There's a moment when the pastor before us resigned, and I was having this moment of like, I don't even know if Overlake will consider me if we're there yet. And so, Pat had come into my office, and it was really, really, there was a sense that Pat was kind of the next in line, um, which is kind of a weird thing. But um, I had told Pat, and it was a pretty emotional moment. Yeah, I, I said, this. I said, I just need you to know, like, if I'm not even being considered, I have 10 years of ministry experience on Pat. Um, if I'm not even being considered part of this conversation, Overlake like, probably won't be a place I can stay. And I was crying. Pat starts crying. And he says, well, then I guess I can't stay here either. Um, wow. And that was like really kind of a turning moment for me of like, oh, I really, this is really a partnership. This isn't... Um, this isn't by any means he's forced to do it with me. Like, it's really like we're in this together. So that was a really beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, that, that is a, that is a powerful moment. And uh, I appreciate the Mimi Haddad shout out. It's not a <laughs> mutuality matters podcast till we get that in. <laughs> That's <so>. right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, we love her so much. Yeah. 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 We were, we're still, she's actually coming out to Overlake to preach in a couple weeks and um, we're getting the, all the overlay community, all, all, all kinds of excited yeah. about it. It's great. Yeah. 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 It's going to be great. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Your story, uh, it's, oh, your, um, the ways that you have championed for partnership is really beautiful. So I'd love to, thanks for walking us through the process of how you've gotten here. Let's get a little practical. So how do you see your partnership blessing or benefiting your church community? So like, do you have a story that illustrates how your partnership, this unique partnership is a gift to your congregation? Yeah, I think we have a couple of different things. It, one, to have two people doing this job I think it's just even really practical given the last two years for every church in, you know, around the world with COVID and yeah. all the challenges oh, and yeah. all things have come like to be able to share that load. Um, I think that's a lot of pressure for one person to navigate that alone. So 
not only are we sharing the load, it then models and shows and demonstrates that the multiplication of leadership, like what happens when we multiply our leadership. Um, so that's a big thing. And, and we've seen it throughout our whole organizational structure. We're seeing it in everything we do. We've used it as a model for thinking about how we want to see the chair of the elder board or how we want right. to see teams being led by co-leads. It, it just helps for a healthier balance, um, yeah. more sustainable. Like, yeah. I think, you know, everybody's talking about the great resignation of pastors right now. And maybe it's because people are doing it alone and should be doing yeah. it in partnerships instead. Um, I mean, and we have tons of stories that you should yeah. tell a couple. Well, and I'm even thinking... I mean, there's just it's, it's a season of change right now. Uh, I think in any congregation, probably, but a common thing that comes up every week when someone's new or newer mm-hmm. to the church is like, we just really love that you guys have a co-lead model. Like, yeah. and and there'll be you know some specifics to that sometimes, or it's oh, it's just great to get different teaching. Like, we're just different personalities. Obviously, we're going to bring a different uh, probably lens to the text and just even different things that are maybe personally, you know, passion areas for us. It's just going to bleed through in different ways. And and so then there's just more diversity. And, and I think that's connecting with more people. Mm-hmm. And then even thinking through, um, I mean, I've got to imagine, and I wouldn't have the data to prove this, but any meeting or coffee or beer with the pastor would have been heavily weighted to just males, you know, and right. um, the whole Billy Graham rule and whatnot on on that front. But now it's so cool. Like Neely and I'll come back to the office and I'll be like, oh, I was just with so-and-so. And she'll say, oh, I was just with so-and-so. And, and it's just cool to know like, okay, so two different people or families, individuals, we're each meeting with mm-hmm. one of their lead pastors and yeah. we're able to be heard and cared for. And, and so just thinking through the kind of the maximizing that it pre- presents is, is pretty awesome. And, and then we've just had people even reach out of just how healing it is to see a, a woman in leadership, uh, mm-hmm. the highest level for the church and how redemptive that is. And even parents, um, I'm thinking of Ben in our small group and just his excitement knowing that, you know, he has two daughters and it's like, he wants his girls to see there is no ceiling. Like mm-hmm. there is equality in creation and calling and commission. And, and now that I'm a father of, 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 a, of a daughter of little sunshine, one-year-old now, I mean, I feel, I think the, the beauty of this and weight of this at even a different degree than even uh, previously that, to know that that's not just Ben and Pat, that's every family mm-hmm. at, at Overlake yeah. that's, that's seeing that, experiencing that, and you know how beautiful. Yeah, there's been a lot of harm done in the conversation for women as well in the church, and so we get to hear stories. Um, it was one of our first times talking to the church family, like at a family meeting, and explaining a similar like, how did we get to this place of co-leadership? And we had a woman send us an email afterwards just saying. You know, she had experienced abuse at the hands of the church yeah. and how yeah. healing and restorative this was. Mm. One, because to see place for it, like full inclusion, it's like we want you to come to the table and we want you to help us set the table. Like yeah. you get to do both as well as like we talked about the healthiness of our relationship and the boundaries and the mm-hmm. things we put in place to help protect our families. 
was so loud for her as well. Like yeah. this is, this feels so much healthier, so much um, safer. And so that's always a beautiful thing to hear from people that yeah. this is providing healing from a deep, um, a deep pain, a deep yeah. wound from the yeah. church. So. I love that. I mean, even when you were sharing your own story of how like you had this value, but you just didn't see it modeled and how powerful mm. it is to, yeah. to be, be living that out for this younger generation yeah. that they yeah. know, see that lived out. It's beautiful. I, I have this, this strain. I mean, this is, um, my daughter. It was so, so she, I've been a pastor most of my daughter's life. Um, all of it, actually, now that I say it, because I've been in ministry 25 years. <laughs> um, but we were having this conversation. She was like six or seven. And she was like, we were talking about someone, a student in my ministry. I was like, yeah, she wants to be a pastor when she grows up. And my daughter was like, women can't be pastors. And I was like, wait, what do you think I do in my job? <laughs> like, so, but I... But, you know, as the youth pastor, so maybe she still had navigated what that meant. Right. But I thought at six and seven, she's already heard or assumed. Yeah. Even with a mom who's, like, fully engaged in the church, she's assumed, like, women can't do that. Right. So, I mean, I met a couple weeks ago with a mom and daughter. The daughter had all these questions about faith. She's in sixth grade. She was 11 years old. And to be able to sit down with her, she had these questions about her doubt and questions. And I was like, look. I see in you a gift. You're a leader. You're going to be leading us here. And I think that's, um, you know, it's restorative to families, to, to the next generation. I think it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Restorative is a good word. I think you said it a few times. It's like a bit of a theme here. And I, I uh, thanks for trailblazing to create space for restoration right. for folks mm-hmm. and their experiences yeah. of the church. Um, talk a little bit about some of the things you maybe have had to overcome. So as you step into this role, uh, there's all the benefits and the blessings you just talked about. Are there things you've had to deal with and wrestle with as you've stepped into the partnership? We're, we're giggling on this end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, can, we just, can we just say yes? And then <laughs> yeah. go to the next question. <laughs> next question. Next question. Yep. I mean, we are very different, you know, um, our age and our experience is different, how we approach things. We talk about the Enneagram a lot because it helps us. Um, uh-huh. I'm a three, Pat's a seven. Yeah. Um, seven wing seven. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pat has a lot of ideas. I like to get things done. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes there's some things in there. I also think, I didn't even think about this when we were talking, is there is a perception from people like we were at a pastor's gathering and mm-hmm. um, someone asked me what I did. And I was like, well, I'm co-lead pastor with Pat. And the assumption right away was he was my spouse. And I was like, yeah. it's not my spouse. We're not married. And she she was like, well, what do you do then? <laughs> and so like the re-education of people, yeah. like, yes. hey, maybe you haven't seen this, so let me help you. Right. And so you feel like, I think it could be easy to like get discouraged and like um, frustrated in those moments, but see them as opportunities to teach and right. invite people into something different, I think is, but, um, I jumped, I jumped over no. the really, the, the like, it, we're a different <laughs> one. Just get to the fun part of it. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. And I think you just find ways to navigate all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, none of that is like halting or, oh, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, were we to actually think we could do this? Not at all. Like, mm-hmm. I think we've both grown as individuals. Like, we're better leaders than, than we were a year and a half ago. And we're just 
better at the co-leading thing too. So mm-hmm. it, it, it just takes time. There's not, well, there's, there's your handbook now, Rob, I was about to say, there's yeah. really nothing out there, uh, <laughs> but, but it's true. I mean, um, trailblazing is, is kind of exactly, I think where we're at. Mm-hmm. We get excited when we just find out that, you know, there's a few other churches where it's a similar dynamic to what Neely said, that, that it's a mixed gender partnership, but they're not married. And so we're going to pursue those friendships and, and just learn from each other. But I think it's no small thing to be two different people and we want to lead in the same direction mm-hmm. and we, we want a unified vision. And, and then it's everything that falls out of that, you know, that, that then um, you're just seeking continued agreement on and, and, and it's great because I think it's actually equipped our staff in ways that we didn't anticipate, but has just strengthened, I think, the leadership of our team that we're excited to just see how that continues to kind of cascade through the congregation. But One of the really practical things we've done is um, we, when we came to the elders with, here's how we want to do it, here are the things we need to do it well, um, we actually asked for cor- like quarterly mediation yeah. um, to be paid for by the, the the church. And so we are really fortunate that actually our therapists, our individual therapists know each other. And so they've agreed to meet. Great. So it's the four of us that yeah. meet. And um, it's been so helpful because what we recognize is like the work in us figuring out how to work together is actually part of the work. Right. What we're right. doing at Overlake. Um that those aren't actually separate things. They're connected. Yeah. So that's been a, a commitment we've made, the church has made to support. So it's been helpful. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. I, I love how proactive you're being about doing that inner work and, and kind of knowing that part of partnership is working out partnership. And mm-hmm. so being able to say, we're going to set rhythms in our calendar right. year mm-hmm. that help us kind of continue to stay aligned with what kind of partnership we want. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I love that you went practical. I'd like to turn us there. Like, what are some other tips you can share for others who are considering a co-pastor partnership arrangement like this? That's great. Um, I think the first thing is we want, we knew we wanted to serve together. So I think that's like, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to start in that place. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think actually we met with someone right away when we first wanted to tell them the idea and they're like oh i just never seen this work and yeah and then the thing was like because people were forced to do it together you yeah. know so like you do have to want to do it together you have to want to serve alongside each other and you have to your families have to want it to be in agreement like yeah. everybody has to stack hands on it because people are going to be curious people are going to ask lots of questions and so i think it's helpful to have everybody, the community support in it. We brought it to our small group. Yep. We asked our small group to pray about it. Yeah. We wanted the support of the full community. And then I think there's just some things around like figuring out working agreements, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, just functionally, like even pulling out the calendar to your point, rhythms, you know, what rhythms even on a weekly basis or, or perhaps even daily basis are going to set us up well. So early on, and we tweaked this just, just a tad, heading into this new calendar year, but it was okay. We need the, we, we recognize we need at least the first hour of the day together because, and, and granted this is pandemic. This is, I mean, there's so many things, right. And everyone's expecting to hear the same answer, regardless if it's coming from me or Neely. 
And, and so just the need for communication, just like over the top communication, we'd be debriefing even on the phone on, on the drive home. And I think that actually helped probably fast track, even figuring out just some of the working agreements of, Hey, maybe we use even, I mean, this is super practical now, but it's like, uh, here's how we want to use our Google drive. And here's how this is going to help us get things organized and less redundancies and, so there's there's a lot of kind of little things in that regard, but communication as a whole, as mm-hmm. a kind of a larger theme, I think so many things kind of orbit around that for sure. Yep. And then the other uh, in line with, with communication is just realizing like you got to slay elephants early. Like if, if you leave a meeting and... And Neely said something, or I said something. I'm like, oh, how, how did that didn't look like it landed very well? I better circle back immediately. Like this isn't like, oh, I'm sure time will heal all things, but it's like, man, just nip things in the bud, like mm-hmm. super quick. And and I wouldn't say our culture previously had had much temperament for like mm-hmm. vulnerability, or even probably honesty to to the degree of, of being pretty candid. And we've just had to get there and, and Mm -hmm. it's the only way forward. And again, I'd say I've seen that muscle kind of grow as a staff too. Um, But it's, it's something we definitely had to develop. Um, Yeah. It was like our first month in and actually her first month in um, Pat was gone on paternity leave. (laughs) And um, so first month in, um, I'm not sure, like timing wise, it was like there was a little bit of a political thing that happened at DC, <laughs> um, yeah. just a little thing. We had some staffing adjustments we had to make. Yeah. And so, which was great that there was two of us. He could yeah. fully be on paternity leave when I could step into the places that I need to. Yeah. But he came back from paternity leave where he had had a lot of time to dream and think yeah. about things and had he had pages of ideas. <laughs> and I was like so tired because I had just survived. Yeah. You know, the chaos. You know. And I I was like, my first response to some of his ideas were like, well, that's just impossible. We're not gonna be able to do that. And he's like, you are a dream killer right now. Crushing my dream. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to be a dream killer. Um, so then we began to talk about patterns of like how how and when to share ideas and you know again that personality piece of like yeah. a seven wanting to dream and have ideas and I'm hearing every dream and thinking okay it's going to take these 25 steps to get there these next 25 steps to get there like he's like I think we can do it in three years I'm like I don't even know if we can do one of those in three years yeah. no there to, to Neely's point there is a document right now on the Google Drive that's wild ideas. <laughs> So at least I get them out there and I feel heard. Yes, and, yeah, uh, yes. You know, burdening yeah. Neely with like, all right, what what do we do now? You know, but right. how funny. Yeah. Wow. So, and also like, I mean, he would say this too. It's not his dreams and I'm implementing them, no. you know, like, no. and so that's the other piece is like, you're then trying to figure out like, we do have these dreams and visions that happen separately and then how we bring them together right. and how do they align and how do they, um, you know, benefit each other and help each other. And so that's a lot of work. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to slay the elephants when they happen. And, yep. you know, I feel like I've gotten good at reading Pat's facial expressions to know like, Oh, I probably said something I shouldn't have said there. Let's, let's go back to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're always like, are we good? I mean, it's just work. It's work you've got to yeah. do and you got to yeah. be okay with it. Totally. Um, 
And so that's probably is just slaying those um, as fast and as yeah. quick as possible. Yeah. That's a good word. It's a good word. Um, so this question is going to give you the chance to kind of sell this this arrangement, this shared partnership, co-leadership idea for everyone no, no else. No pressure. But, okay. <laughs> for all the listeners. So I'm just wondering, yeah, what's describe your passion for this. What's your dream for the church mm-hmm. as you think about men and women working together in ministry? Yeah. I personally have felt that the greatest wounding in my own story has come from the church and then the greatest healing has come here too. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the vision is like, what kind of healing can take place in this world through co-leadership, through mixed um, gender partnerships? Like it's beautiful. It really is so beautiful that, that it's, you know, from the very beginning of creation, this is the design and we have missed out on it. I, I think sometimes you know, I'm preaching to the choir now. I I get excited, but like the idea is like the fall and the redemption of the fall is not just personal salvation. It is the fall was like the brokenness in this relationship and the the redemption is the healing in this relationship. And I think that is exciting. That gets me excited about the healing that could take place in the church and the world. I mean, I just think it has so so much um, beauty that we're missing out on. And so I think the healing is the first thing. And then I think there's just, we've hamstrung ourselves. Like it's just unnecessary. How many people are told to stay on the sidelines Mm -hmm. or you can only play these roles. And we've been joking. I have a lot of ideas. The, The church has a lot of ideas. Like we have a lot of work to do. Why are we not mobilizing everybody? Yeah. Like, why are we not allowing each person to live into the fullness of their calling? And I think this model communicates that in a way that at least to this point, I just haven't seen probably mm-hmm. done as, as probably effectively. And it's not trying to swap out. Okay. Um, let's keep the same model of finding one really charismatic person. We'll feed them the ball. Right. They'll score all the points. Like, It's a holy imagination of a different paradigm Mm -hmm. altogether. It's like, what if it looks like this? Yeah. And if it looks like that, well, now this is possible and that's possible. And Mm -hmm. so we've just found there's just so much more freedom to actually, I think not dream, but see it is attainable. Like, Mm -hmm. and in this coming month, I think we're both really jazzed, really excited about the the coming series at Overlay because we're taking this to Overlake in a way where now that it's been a year, we can point to like, hey, we've seen this. We've heard you say this. Like, these are just the first fruits, really, mm-hmm. that, that, right. that we're expecting to, to see what the harvest looks like. So I think, too, um, I think we have been made to be afraid of each other. Yeah. Like the culture in church and purity culture where I think we have just been made to be afraid of one another. Mm-hmm. And it started here. It started in this, in the gender relationships, but then I think it turns into all these other things. We're afraid of each other. So I think you know, John said, you know, where God is fear doesn't exist, where love is fear doesn't exist. And I think what, how would the church change in the world and the world change if we really stopped living with that kind of fear mm-hmm. So I think there's such a beautiful thing that could happen yeah. um, if we stop being afraid of each other. That's good. Man, amen to that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
we should let these pastors keep preaching life. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Yeah, I. this has been such a great conversation. I love the ways that you are like experiencing joy in your own calling in partnership and mm-hmm. just the ways that, yeah, there's something life-giving and um, light, even though it's hard work that you have to press into partnership. Like there is just... Um, a beautiful gift on the other side of that, that I think is um, much needed. Hey, if folks want to connect with you two on social media, where can they find you to continue to learn more about you and your ministries? Yeah, we're both on Instagram. We're both influencers, you know? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you can find both of us on Instagram and you can email us. We would love to. Yeah, totally. But Instagram, I'm Neely M. And I'm Pat Swanson, 01. And our emails are easy. They're just our first name. So Pat, and then initial of our last name. So Pat S at OCC.org and Neely, which is N E E L Y M at OCC.org. Yep. Yep. That was not easy. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Awesome. Will you, will you post like for this next sermon series? Do you post your messages yep. online? Yeah, it's all online. The church website's super easy. It's just OCC.org. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. February 20th. That's when yep. our good friend Mimi will be here. Wonderful. Nice. Yep. Uh, well, we want to say thank you to you guys. I mean, yeah. genuinely, like, thank you for creating you. a space, mm-hmm. for inviting people in to share, to, yeah. to get the good word out. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're, sure. we're blessed and we're grateful. Yeah, yeah, it's our pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an opportunity, I think, for us all to learn that this stuff is happening. It is working. And Lord willing, it can become more normal yeah. right right yep. yes. moves out of the camp of like crazy yep but some people do to more normal yep. how we operate in the church so so thanks so much for sharing your stories and all the all that goes into it really appreciate it yeah thank you that was such a great conversation i think one of the biggest things early on that stood out to me was just how powerful it is to have um have ministry model to like in their example with Neely talking about being a young girl and just having this value, but not having ever seen it lived out and just how powerful it is now that they're modeling that for their congregation. And, um, I just was thinking of this time when I'm on the preaching team at my church. And, uh, when my son who's now five was three or maybe three or four, he's like playing in his room, doing something. I went in on, was, checking on him and he's like, I'm writing a sermon so I can preach just like you, mommy. And just how normal that was for him. Like it was just normal that his mom would be preaching at church and he wanted to do just like mommy and just how powerful it is to have partnership modeled. Um, And I love their advice of just you got to slay the elephants early and just how committed they are to, if we're going to do partnership, we're going to do it healthy. Yeah. And, um, and kind of how that approach even speaks towards this idea. We kind of, this, um, idea that we live in that we were made to feel afraid of each other. Yeah. And I think that I resonated with that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Super I just powerful. love the way that they're swimming against that current of thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Totally. And, and, uh, the, the idea that they're bringing restoration, I think that, yes. was, that came up a few times, right? But this idea that their model, their example is restoring and bringing healing is, yeah. is wonderful. One other thought what about you? Me, yeah, one other thought for me was um, I just was struck by how many people in their, their network, in their community 
are on board with what's happening, aware of what's happening, endorsing what's happening. So it was like their spouses, the small group they're a part of, the church elder board, the larger church, even their therapists are in the loop on what's happening. And it just feels like they've done a great job of creating a, a, a transparent partnership that, that involves all of these folks. And that just struck me as really, really healthy, right? A healthy way to go, as opposed to sort of operating on your own, kind of in a, in a, you know, on, in a cave somewhere. This is a, a public thing that they're living out uh, together. That seems really healthy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so let me just say thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. And again, you can leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you loved this episode, please do share it with a friend. Let's get Pat and Neely's example out there more broadly. So I'm Rob Dixon with my co-host, Lila Van Gerpen, and we would like to thank our guests, Neely McQueen and Pat Swanson, as well as our talented editor, Landon Hook, and the Christians for Biblical Equality crew. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming into your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast, and thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.